Welcome to Idle Chatter, brought to you by the Machinery Digest, where steel and soil meet. A weekly podcast by a New Jersey farmer to all farmers and ranchers across this great nation. And yes, there are farms in New Jersey. Regardless of the crop you grow or the livestock you raise, we all have one thing in common. Agriculture runs on passion, sweat, tears, and machinery, and that is why the Machinery Digest exists, a no-nonsense, grease-under-your-fingernails educational website. It was created to provide a transfer of knowledge so that you can maintain, service, and most importantly, understand today's complex farm equipment. My name is Ray Bohax, and I farm too. It is time now to get under the sheet metal. Hello my friends and welcome to Idle Chatter. Ray Bohax here, the hot rod farmer, and as always, coming to you from Cat Swamp Road in Warren County, New Jersey. This is a special New Year's podcast, and I want to uh, take this message today. It is going to be a short podcast, and we're not going to discuss anything technical today so hopefully that does not disappoint you too much but i i believe that god willing i do have some good thoughts to share with you as we go into 2019 and i want you to know that this entire podcast today though there will not be a special delivery segment which is for those that are new to the podcast is a letter written to the hot rod farmer and it is a technical question about either a theory of operation or something or a piece of machinery or an engine or what have you uh, but it is this entire broadcast today is brought to you by Firestone Ag and they are a company founded by Harvey Firestone a fourth generation farmer from Columbiana, Ohio Harvey dreamed of putting rubber tires on farm tractors and his innovative mindset is the core of Firestone Ag today and lives on with their 23 degree tread bar and AD2 technology. The soil is the lifeblood of your farm, trusted only to Firestone. And I want to thank Firestone Ag so much for sponsoring the special delivery segment and for actually sponsoring today's podcast. And I also want to thank them for having me come and work in their booth alongside of them at Commodity Classic. So if anyone is attending Commodity Classic this year at the end of February, the beginning of March, in I believe it's Orlando, Florida. I should know where it is, hopefully, because I'm going there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Orlando. And I invite you to come by the Firestone booth and to say hello to all the good folks at Firestone and their uh, their engineers will be there and uh, a lot of people that are very knowledgeable on tires and uh, I will be the uh, thorn amongst the rows there at their booth but I welcome you to come along, come there and stop by and see me and we could talk engines and farming and crops and what have you. So I would welcome to be able to uh, shake your hand and to learn about your farm or ranch and your operation. I love when people tell me about their about their farm and their ranch. And if you bring your farm with you, please share pictures of it with me. I would love to see your operation and your family and your equipment and your animals and all of those things. Well, as we enter 2019, uh, it will be 2019 once you listen to this or able to listen to it on either my website 
which is farmmachinerydigest.com, the Fran Network, which is the Farm and Rural Ag Network, Ag Daily, which is part of Carbon Media, a really great network. You need to check that out if you have not, or Apple iTunes. So hopefully that you will be able to uh, check this out and listen to it, one of those, and hopefully in the beginning, early into 2019. You know, as we as we close out 2018, I know that in so many ways that it was such a trying year for so many in agriculture. Uh, there seemed to be so many obstacles in our way, no matter what aspect of the industry you were in, whether you were in ranching, whether you were in row crops, vegetables, as I am, uh, actually sweet corn for those who have not listened before. And uh, I don't know of any, the, the dairy industry has just been struggling terribly. And uh, it, it, it's, you know, there's, there's no two ways about it, that it's been a trying year as far as crop prices are concerned, weather conditions, floods in some areas, droughts in others. And uh, it seems that, you know, that everything was thrown at us. But, you know, I'm a... I'm a glass half full type of guy for I know that all of these trials shall pass because the scriptures tell us that but also I know that I grow the most through my trials and I think if you look honestly at yourself that you know that you grow the most through your trials and not through the easy times and that's really what this podcast is going to be about today it's not going to be my usual 50 minutes or 52 minute podcast it's going to be a short podcast to set the tone for 2019 or to set the tone how how I look at it as the hot rod farmer looks at 2019. And, and hopefully you'll be able to glean some things from this and use them to make your operation more successful. You know, when you listen to my podcasts or you go on my website or read any of my magazine stories, what you see is what you get. I hold nothing back, I wear my heart on my sleeve, and I give you 110% of what I have. And that I have always been that way. There's no hidden agenda, there's no anything in my... If I do have an agenda, it's to be able to help to educate and make profitable every aspect of the agricultural industry in my beloved America. And because of that, I often share things with you that most people that podcast do not about your personal about their personal life. And what I do want to share with you, uh, and I may have shared this before, is that I was a change of life baby. And so my parents were about ten years older than most ten to twelve years older than most of my friends growing up when I was in school. And because of that, uh, whereas most of my friends' parents were uh, came of age, their fathers, during the Korean War, my father was actually in the tail end of World War II, just as it was coming to a close, and he was a P-51 Mustang fighter pilot. And what had happened was that he had crashed in a sandstorm, and ever since he crashed, when he uh, when he crashed the Mustang. The government was not too happy about that. I remember he said the first thing they said is the plane okay? They didn't ask about him because I guess they figured Uncle Sam had less invested in him uh, than they did in the airplane. Uh, But what happened was that they made him an aircraft mechanic because he was mechanically inclined. He did not do that afterwards but that's what he did during the war. But the reason why I'm telling you that is that I had a love 
a love for the military and specifically a love to be in the Air Force. When my dad was in there, just at the end of World War II, uh, it was the U.S. Army Air Corps. It was part of the Army, and then the Air Force was formed afterwards, after World War II. And just like President Trump now is uh, is going to sign into effect the uh, the Space Force, which I think is wonderful. It's the next evolutionary step of the Air Force. But anyway, I grew up hearing stories about flying a P-51 and learning how to fly. And, you know, and keep in mind that during that era, they used to call the pilots 90-day wonders. And they called them 90-day wonders for a simple reason being, you know, in that era in the country, and specifically my father coming from a farm in New Jersey, uh, there was no airports. I mean, he never even had seen a plane before he got drafted into the service, let alone flying one. And they called them 90-day wonders, as I said, because they would take these guys and they would pre-qualify them and they would go and uh, if they passed the basic tests and had the aptitude, they would teach them how to fly. And in 90 days, they were flying either a fighter or a bomber or a transport plane. Well, usually not a transport, but these other aspects of the military did that. But anyway, not to get off on a tangent, which I'm so famous for, is that I dreamt about becoming a fighter pilot in the United States Air Force. And uh, I just, I, that was really, it was, a, it was a passionate, passionate dream of mine. But what had happened was that due to my eyesight, I actually have over 2,400, probably 500 or 600 in one eye, one eye, 2,500 vision. I cannot see the entire eye chart with my one eye. And with my other eye, uh, I have about 2050, but what is interesting, I have what is called monovision. I'm nearsighted in one eye and farsighted in the other. So basically, I like to tell people that I'm like a cyclops. I look with one eye at all times and my brain actually switches it. And the reason why I'm telling you that is because of that I was qualified as 4F, uh, physically unfit to be in the Air Force and was rejected when I applied as a young man. And it broke my heart because I told them, you know, hey, I could clean the windshield, I could be a good mechanic and I could be, and, and I understand that, that they felt that that I was not a good investment for the taxpayers to put me through training because I would, because of my eyesight. And then also because I have uh, hypoglycemia, which is low blood sugar. So if I don't eat on a regular schedule and eat, and eat uh, protein-laced items, I have a chance of really collapsing. So so even though I, I can function fine in everyday life and do everything and have no problem driving or operating equipment, is that I did not have what was uh, necessary in my physical attributes. I had the uh, I was a Dashun with the heart of a lion, I guess. So I wanted to serve my country and be an Air Force fighter pilot. But anyway, the reason why I'm telling you that is that uh, as a young boy, I remember going to the mailbox here in the farm and getting, and, and I used to love what all the magazines used to come. And I believe it was 1972. And I went to the mailbox and there was an issue of Popular Mechanics. And at that particular time, that was the first uh, first time that the public was told about the SR-71 Blackbird spy plane. And I instantaneously fell in love. I remember walking back to the house and thumbing through the magazine and finding that article and reading about the SR-71. And the SO-71 uh, still today, and 
that was designed after World War II by the Lockheed Skunk Works by a few guys with pocket protectors, no calculators. And they built the highest flying, fastest airplane in the world. And that was done in the 1950s. And it started to fly in the early 60s to mid 60s, if I remember correctly. I may have those dates a little bit wrong. But they're the right church, wrong pew, and then they eventually, in the early 70s, the public was told about it. But that plane, when it was eventually retired, held the record that is still not broken today for the highest flying, fastest flying airplane in the world. And that's American pride and American ingenuity at its finest. And still, still today, that record is not broken. And the reason why I'm telling you that is because they did it. This small team of guys in, uh, I think the, the head of it was Kelly Johnson, but like I said, I may, be, I may be wrong with that, so don't take that as gospel. And they did what everybody, everyone said could not be done. And they did it against all odds, and they built an airplane, an airplane that was so fast that the Russians used to send their MiGs up after it and it flew so high and they would just hit the afterburners and even though they would shoot rockets at it, that they would just say bye-bye and those MiGs would be left in frustration. But it was so fast also that they once put, uh, the prototype stages, put uh, guns on its wings and at full boogie, uh, it was Mach 3 it flew, it actually flew into its own bullets. And, you know, the reason why I am bringing this up is that I see the challenge of building the world's highest flying and fastest flying plane and its strict its whole purpose was reconnaissance all it ever had was cameras and its goal was if it got into trouble just to outrun it and out altitude it and I look at that and say in so many ways that is a metaphor or a challenge for us today in agriculture. And through these times, through these challenging times in agriculture, we can grow. We could become strong. And if we could survive these times, then when the conditions change, and let's face it, you know, no matter what you do in farming, there's nothing that everything is going to be perfect. You could have great crop prices and not not a not accommodating weather. You could have great weather, great yield, and poor crop prices, or or any combination of all of them. So I don't think that there is ever a perfect time, and and you know that's really how it is in life. I mean, we could look at life and we could say, hey, you know, this is great, this is great, this is great, this is not great. We're never hitting on all cylinders. But the thing basically is that just like the SR-71 Blackbird was a plane that that many said could not exist, could not fly that high, could not go that fast. A few a few guys working in, in, in the desert in California in a secret building could not create this. You don't have enough manpower, you don't have enough knowledge, you don't have enough resources. But one thing they had, they had was passion. And they applied everything they had. And that is basically, in essence, what this podcast is about today. 
I don't want I want your farm, I want your ranch, your agricultural operation to be profitable against all odds. I don't want you to just rest on the laurel of great crop prices or great yields. I want you to have the three-legged stool. You have a three-cylinder engine. You have agronomy or animal husbandry. You have marketing, and you have how efficient you use your machinery. And when those three that three-cylinder engine is hitting on all three cylinders, your farm will be successful. And if you have efficiencies in those areas, then you could make up for inefficiencies in others. But I think one of them, not I think, I know that the main driver in that is your mindset. So, you know, if I were to give you advice, and I'm not saying that I'm in any position to give you advice, but I ask, and I, my, my sincerest prayer is that you listen to this, maybe listen to it a couple of times. It's not going to be a long message, and digest it and think about it, and modify it and apply it to your thought process, your life, and your farm. Because, as I said, my goal, the whole reason the Farm Machinery Digest and this podcast exists is for your success, that I feel that I'm being humble in saying that I feel that God has blessed me and giving given me some knowledge on equipment and engines and the ability to convey it in hopefully a manner that you could understand easily and apply and I feel that it is my duty to be able to bring this to you and bring before you some ideas to help make your farm more profitable or your ranch and ultimately the success of your family because that's what it's all about. So, you know, I want you, or I'm asking you, I don't have the authority to want, but I do have the ability to ask as a farmer to farmer. You know, the most important thing, as I said, is your mindset. And, you know, you really need to keep your eye in everything in life. Keep your eye on your objective and not the obstacles that you over have to overcome to achieve that. So I'll repeat it. You'll keep your eye on your objective and not the obstacles that you have to overcome to achieve that. And if you look at your farm and and ranch and you look at it and you have it hitting on all cylinders you have efficient machinery you have a minimal amount of inputs as far as machinery repairs and costs are concerned you have great agronomy or animal husbandry and you have the best marketing plan that you could possibly have given the situation you will succeed now what really frustrates me often with so many of these agricultural shows on TV and on radio is that all they do is talk about the negative. And, you know, I'm a realist. You know, when I built engines, race engines, whatever, you know, we go to the track and they throw a rod through the connecting rod and there's a, you know, we just call window to block, put a window in it and there's oil all over the ground and coolant. Well, like, there wasn't coolant, there was water in the race motor, but, and... <clears throat> The block has a hole in it. You know, I'm not going to sit there and tell you everything is fine. The block blew up. All right. That blew up, but that's an opportunity for us to make it better. But the thing that I'm trying to say is that I'm a realist, but there's something about basic psychology. And this is farmer, hot rod farmer psychology. I have no education in psychology whatsoever other than just whatever I've learned, either wrenching on something or farming. And But people that are much smarter than I always say the mouth says it the ears hear it and the heart or mind believe it 
So that's why I get frustrated with all of these shows. And and I'm not that way. I'm not talking about negatives. Yeah, negatives are out there, but I'm not going to convince myself that I can't do it. Those guys with the SR-71, if they would have listened to all the naysayers, they never would have done it. If Noah listened to all the naysayers, the Ark never would have been built. If Columbus listened to all the naysayers, America never would have been found. And the list goes on and on. But the more that you go to the coffee shop and talk negative, talk about this, talk about that, the more you are going to convince yourself. You're going to convince yourself that you cannot do it. The odds are against you. There's no, you might as well give up. Just, oh, the crop prices are not what they should be, this and that. Well, I'll tell you something, buddy. In almost every industry that I could think of, the prices are not what the people want it to be. And I always say to my wife, there's three prices. There's the price that you want to get, the price that you should get, and the price that the market will accept. And that's the fact of life, whether you're the family farm or whether you're Exxon Oil. I mean, don't you think Exxon Oil would love to get $150 a barrel for oil instead of the 37 I believe it was the other day, or 47 excuse me? Of course. But we need to not convince ourselves that we cannot be profitable because once you start to do that you've taken your eye off the objective and you've let the obstacle stumble cause you to stumble the SR-71 would never have flown if they listened to everybody all right and I want your farm and ranch to break through the sound barrier as the SR-71 so easily broke through the sound barrier on its way to Mach 3 but what you also need to do is you need to look at your God-given talents and you need to expand them and let them grow. And we all have talents and we all have weaknesses. But what you need to do to be successful is you need to take your talents and expand them and multiply them and you need to manage your weaknesses or the things that you're not as good at. And the word manage means to put under control. If you look up the word manage, it means to put under control. So do not let your let, let your weaknesses turn into fears. And, and I'm not saying that you're afraid to go out into the field or afraid to go out into the barn, but we all have fears. And if we don't manage those weaknesses, they become fears and they polarize us. And we don't move forward and we don't do anything. And we don't change anything. We don't invest in new equipment. We don't, we don't change our practices. We don't try a different foliar feeding regimen. We don't try a different hybrid. We don't, we don't make changes to anything because we get mired in our fear. So we cannot let that happen. And if we do not let that happen, you will see as 2019 turns into 2020 that you will look back and you will say, yes, that I was able to overcome obstacles, I was able to keep my farm successful, and I was able to grow, and I became not only a better farmer, but I became a better manager in my farm shop, a better mechanic, and a better marketer. And if we are all moving forward in that way, shape, and form, then we cannot lose. But it also, it is very important for all of us, 
all of us. Now, I, I follow my own medicine. I'm not telling you anything that, that I don't prescribe to myself. But we need to have a grateful heart. Because when we have a grateful heart for all we have, and we could look out and look at all you have. I don't know your situation. I don't know where you live. I don't know anything. But I know that if you look with a grateful, grateful heart at the things that you have in your life, and for many of us, I've been blessed with wonderful health, thank God. Yeah, I'm suffering from a cold, but that's it. But wonderful health. But look around. Look at your farm. Look at each piece of equipment that you have as a blessing from God that you were able to by God's grace to be able to have the means to invest in that tractor. It could be 10 or 15 years old, but she still runs great, right? And to invest in that planter, to have that family, to have that to have the rural lifestyle. And I when we have a grateful heart, we are not only more better positioned to succeed, but that gratefulness in our heart allows us to be able to have strength to overcome the obstacles that come that will be coming. So I ask you to please go into 2019 and make this the year, the year the year to remember, the year to look at obstacles as a means to grow your farm and you as a person, as a farmer, as 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 every aspect as every aspect of your life manage your weaknesses and turn and expand upon your talents and what you are good at and i ask you also and please you know there's no financial gain for me for you to listen to this podcast or go to my website i ask you for an hour and a half a week of your time and my podcast run just about an hour and then i have a lot of very good information not because it's mine that could sound pompous or whatever but there's a lot of information on my website and for 2019 not only every week will there be a new podcast but there will be at least one new learning series article and hopefully by god's grace in the first quarter of 2019 a hot rod farmer youtube tv channel for you to learn and in one and a half hours a week that's what i'm asking for you one and a half hours a week for you to take and to learn about you more about your equipment learn how to have a proper diagnostic procedure learn how to make bring efficiencies to your farm shop and if and, and if you do that and if you study your agronomy study your marketing and learn about efficiencies in your farm shop then you will be successful that I know for sure. I, so listen, I want to come to you with a grateful, grateful heart. And I want to thank you so much for supporting the Hot Rod Farmer on the Idle Chatter podcast by listening to it. I want to thank you for all those that are coming on board all around the world, but predominantly in the United States. And I want to thank you for that. And I ask you to please use my podcast use my website send in questions do whatever you need to do to help to allow me to make the farm shop and your equipment as efficient as possible i feel that it is an honor that you listen to me 
I, I do not take that humbly, and it is a wonderful honor for you to take your time and listen to me. And and you know, and I and I will do my best to be able to support you in any way, shape, or form, and to help educate you. So as we go into start 2019, we do not know what the future holds, but we do know our Lord sits on his throne, that America is a blessed nation, and we have a blessed cause as farmers and ranchers to feed not only America, but to feed the world. So I ask you to please challenge yourself, learn, work with 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 a song in your heart, and look for 2019 to be a wonderful year because I know that if we are grateful for all we have, that it will be. So listen, I wish you the best. Next week we will go back to a regular podcast and a regular where I'm lecturing you on what to do. But for today and for New Year's, I wish you all the best in the world and I wish you a healthy, happy, and successful fruitful and blessed 2019 for you your farm and for my beloved america thank you so much for listening to the hot rod farmer and the idle chatter podcast you have a blessed blessed day and we're going to hit the ground running next week bye bye